Hey, New Life Manitou, good morning. You know what the worst part about Chick-fil-A is? Uh, they're, they're not open on Sunday. They're not open on Sunday. I can't get Chick-fil-A on Sundays. How's that for a segue? What's the worst part about Chick-fil-A? It is. You can't, is anyone else like crazy for like the fried chicken sandwich? They didn't invent the fried chicken. Just the chicken sandwich. That's right. That's right. Or the waffle fries. The fresh, fresh squeezed lemonade. I worked at Chick-fil-A when I was 15, and I know it is freshly squeezed, like legitimately cut, cut lemons, and it is freshly squeezed every day. Or those crazy, brilliant milkshakes. You guys tried these? There's especially one in the next couple of months as holiday season comes around the peppermint milkshake with ground up peppermint in it. No joke, it's legit. Come Thanksgiving, you need to like get yourself over to Chick-fil-A, but not on Sundays. You can't get it on Sundays. That's the worst part about Chick-fil-A. Um, that we are in week four of our um, exploration of the Ten Commandments. And that puts us, week four puts us on commandment four. Four, yes, someone's, I know, it was a good guess. It was a good guess. Um, Yeah, it puts us on commandment four. And Chick-fil-A, I think, not being open on Sundays, that's like, one of them, like, that's pretty, that's pretty archetypal. That's pretty quintessential of, like, what we think about when we think about, like, keeping the Sabbath. Man, there's like someone, somewhere, they're not open on Sundays. How like wild is that? How they're take, they're giving everybody a day off. How strange is that? That actually is, that's the fourth commandment that we're, that we're at here in Exodus 20 this morning. And so we're going to read it together. Go ahead and stand with me. Uh, this is the fourth commandment as recorded in Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse 8, remember the Sabbath day. And, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't, I I meant we're going to read it together. That was cool. Everybody could, I know, I said we were going to read it together. You guys want to read it together? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Remember the Sabbath day and treat it as holy. Six days you may work and do all your tasks. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Do not do any work on it. Not you, your sons or daughters, your male or female servants, your animals, or the immigrant who is living with you. Because the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything that is in them in six days, but rested on the Sabbath day. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And so, Lord, um, it is in the light of your scriptures right now that we come, as best we can, we come hungry. Come hungry and thirsty for life, for you. And so right now in these moments, we invite you, I invite all of you to be present to the Lord. And we invite you, Lord, to come speak to us. 
speak your Sabbath to us this morning who are restless and tired and weary. Come and speak rest to us this morning. We ask as best we know how, and we ask in the name you've given us, the name of Jesus, the name of the Son, who together with you and the Holy Spirit rule and reign the universe, one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You guys can be seated. The Ten Commandments, we've been going through it. The little subheading is God's, uh, is, um, what is, it's God's character and our calling. God's character and our calling. God creates, this is the story of, of the Bible, if you didn't know, it's the story of the church. It's our story. Uh, God creates a people and he calls us to be like him. That's the heart of the Ten Commandments. They're not outdated. They're not like law that was somehow people earning their salvation at some point in history. No, no. This has always been gift. It's always been grace to a people that were already set free from their bondage. They were already liberated from their enemies. It's God is always, this is the story of the church, God's always inviting us more and more deeply into life, into who he is, God's character. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is life, delighting forever, vibrant, energetic, self-giving love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he's inviting us always after he's liberated us, after he has saved us, he's inviting us more deeply into life, God's character, and our calling to be like him. And this, uh, this fourth commandment that Chick-fil-A honors so well, much to our chagrin, um, Chick-fil-A, uh, Chick Chick-fil-A, uh, Chick I've got that on the brain. It happens on Sundays, doesn't it? Uh, you guys are going to be pulling out of the parking lot and being like, what do we have for lunch? Anyway, the, um, the Sabbath, the Sabbath is a practice that is distinct to the people of God. It's always been like unique to the people of God. It's setting aside one day of the week as, 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 as other as holy, as sacred, different than the rest. You, um, verse eight, you are to remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now in the great Abrahamic faiths of the world, the great faiths of the religions of the world that look back to Abraham, um, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, all of them agree that you should honor the Sabbath, but nobody can really agree on what the Sabbath is, if you, if you haven't noticed. Judaism says, uh, we just read Exodus. We just read Moses. We're with Moses. What's the confusion here is what Judaism says. Why mess with the classic, the classic Sabbath? Saturday, that is the Sabbath. We keep the Sabbath. Islam says, Allah made humanity on Friday. That is when God made humanity to commune with him. So Friday is the day of Jemaah. 
Friday is the day of sacred holy prayer. It's the day of rest. It's the day, and Christianity, <laughs> Christianity since its very inception has said, uh, somebody walked out of a tomb on Sunday after the Sabbath, after like a Sabbath rest. Uh, somebody came out of a tomb and we have set Sunday apart ever since we saw that. <laughs> whatever it was like, we've got to honor the Lord's Day. Sunday is the Lord's Day. It's like the end of the week. This is like a brand new week. This is a brand new creation that's happened. We are setting Sunday aside as the day that we, uh, uh, the three great Abrahamic faiths disagree on the specifics of it. They disagree on the specifics of it, but they all agree on the fourth commandment. They all agree that Sabbath is important. They agree that this command, um, we need Sabbath, is what they agree on. We need Sabbath disrupting our schedules, disrupting our lives is what we need, because that's really what this commandment amounts to, isn't it? When you pull out of the parking lot later today and you're hungry and you're like, man, I got Chick-fil-A on the brain for some reason because that freak wouldn't stop talking about it. And then you're like, oh, let's get Chick-fil-A. No, it's not open on Sundays. It's a disruption. It's a disruption. And it always has been in the, in the world. Sabbath has always been a bit of a disruption to our, to our week. It's something's different one-seventh of the week. It's funny. This is the command that you begin to obey by not doing. By not doing. This is the command that you begin to obey by not doing a thing. You just stop. stop. You don't have to, it's not, it, you would think that wouldn't be very hard, wouldn't you? Like, okay, now we're gonna get to a command, just don't do anything. Just stop your regular routine. Just stop for a second. We're not, you're not told to pray. You're not told to gather as, the, right? We just read it. Together, we all read it together. We're not told to pray. We're not told to gather as the church or as the people of God. We're not told to sing songs and worship. We're not told to do any of those things as important and essential as I think those things are. They're not here in the, in the actual command itself. According to verse 10, keeping the Sabbath holy isn't going to feel particularly spiritual. It's not going to feel particularly religious even. It's just stop. Just cease. Stop what you are regularly doing. Desist. Do no work. The rest of the days of the week, verse 9, the rest of the days of the week, you're to work. That's not a bad thing. Work isn't a bad thing. It's good and essential and holy, but just stop what you're regularly doing on day seven. Stop on day seven. Shabbat on day Shabbat. There's like a wordplay going on there in the Hebrew. It's, they're related in some sort of way. Make sure that your day seven, your Shabbat, Make sure it is a Shabbat. Make sure it is a stopping, a ceasing, a, 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 a Sabbath. 
a rest, a cease. And why does it say? It's, It's interesting because the fourth commandment's the only commandment that gives us a reason why we should do it. It's the only commandment that like gives a because to it. And it says because, verse 11, because the Lord made the world that way. After day six, there is day Shabbat. <laughs> There's day seven. It's, it's just there. It's built into the universe is, is what the commandments are saying. That's just the way the world is. And so the fourth commandment like disrupts our regular routines by saying stop, cease, rest. And the reason why we do this is because that's the way things are. That's the way things are. At the deepest levels of reality, that is the way things are. You might not like breathing air. I don't know why, but you might be so, like, you might get into your head, you know what? I don't like the, the limitations of being a carbon-based life form. I don't really like the fact that I have to inhale the air and my, and my body, my lungs, pull the oxygen and oxygen, uh, oxygenate, oxygen, photosynthesis, something. They, it does, I'm a science guy, can you tell? Um, they, you might not like the reality that your body needs air to survive, but that's the way things are. Try breathing something else besides air, like water. <laughs> like try, just try, or, or try not breathing. And you're gonna discover really quickly that that's the way things are. You need to try, um, you might not like eating. I know some of us have complicated relationships with food in the room, and so I'm not like, making light of that. But some of us, like you might, uh, I'm not joking about that, but um, you might not like eating, but you have to. You, you need it. That's built into the way things are. If you try going without it, you won't make it very long. In the same way, the Ten Commandments is saying, it's the one that gives us an explanation for the disruption that comes along in Sabbath. I think we need the explanation because we don't want to stop, right? None of us want to stop. So it gives us an explanation. That's the way things are. You have to stop. It's saying that there is a rhythm to reality that you can ignore at your own peril. We do ignore it, by the way, don't we? Is anyone really good at like resting? I think not. <laughs> like we're not. I mean, especially because we're Americans. Most of us in the room are like Americans, and that's the, the Western American culture. We just go, 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 go. And then we break down, our bodies break down, you get shingles, maybe. Um, and then you I've been all week preaching with it. Um, stay away if you haven't had chicken pox. Um, that's not a joke. I do have shingles. Um, I'm, apparently, I'm an old man. Um, we go and we go and we can go and we ignore it at our own peril that we, we have endless busyness, endless work, 
endless activity, endless ball practice that we've got the kids involved with, and music lessons, and going, going, going. But it won't work long if we ignore the way things are. Life will go on, but it'll be less than life eventually. Life will go on, but it'll be less than life. It'll be less than real, true life. Do you know what one of the key differences um, between music and noise is? Do you know what one of the key differences between music and noise is? Mu- like, you guys have seen, like, Stomp, is it called, with the trash cans? I could get up here and I could, ba- I thought about doing this, bringing in a metal trash can and banging on it, but who wants to hear me bang on a metal trash can, right, honestly? Do you know what the difference is between the noise of me or my two-year-old banging on a trash can is and the music that emerges when Stomp is banging on trash cans? The difference is music has regular intentional, often very tiny, moments of no music. That's the difference between music and noise. Music is intentional about when the noise stops. There are, the words rest. There are rests in music. Music has regular rests, patterned, pauses, countless moments within it where sound ceases. The sound stops. And those stoppings, those pauses, those rests create rhythm. They create rhythm. All of your favorite music, all all music, your favorite songs, the songs we've sung already today, all music is actually composed of much, much more than notes or inflections or tones or anything like that. All of music actually is made of a whole lot of strategic silence. That's what, you can't hear it because it's what's making the music music. But all music is made of something a lot more than noise. All music's made of a lot of strategic silence, the breaths between the words, the beats between the notes, the silence between the sounds. That's what makes music music. That the rests make the rhythm. The rests make the music. If it weren't for the strategic silence, everything would just be like a jumble. It would just all be noise. So too with Sabbath. So too with Sabbath, the fourth commandment says, life will go on, but it will just disintegrate. It will collapse in on itself. It will just become a jumble of noise. The music that God birthed 
the world out of in Genesis 1 and 2. The rhythm of it's good, it's good, it's good. That beautiful song out of which creation flows. That, cre- that creation song will stop in our lives and it'll be less than the music, than the song of our lives. Life won't be the music of God, the sacred rhythm of creation, the Genesis song, if we don't make space for Sabbath. So stop, (laughs) that's what it says. You don't have to do anything, just stop, cease, rest from what you're doing. Find the, um, and practically, just find the spaces. Nobody agrees on this. The Abrahamic faiths can't agree on it, but find the spaces, the times, the beats in your life, and it'll change in your life depending on the season that you're in. Find the the strategic silences where you allow Sabbath to disrupt what you're doing because Sabbath isn't stopping the music of your life. Sabbath is making your life music. That's what Sabbath's doing. It's not disrupting the music of your life. It's actually making your life music. Sabbath makes our lives beautiful. Um, But there's there's even more. There's even more here because um, we've mentioned that this this is the only commandment that gets a because to it. It's the only commandment that when you look at it, God's giving us a why to it. Um, The Ten Commandments actually show up twice. They show up in Exodus, and then they they show up again in Deuteronomy. They show up again as, as Moses is giving the commandments, not to the people who originally got it, but he's giving the commandments to their kids. He's giving the commandments to their grandkids. He's giving it to like a new generation of Israelites. They need to be reminded, what does it look like to be the people of God in the world? And so uh, the Ten Commandments show up twice. And you know what's really interesting? Maybe this is just me nerding out over it. But it's really interesting. The why celebrate Sabbath. Why do you remember the Sabbath is different between the two. In Exodus, it's rooted in, well, that's the way things are. That's the way the song is. But then in, in Deuteronomy, it's actually different. It says, uh, it'll be up here on the screens, Deuteronomy, uh, ver- starting in verse 12 is where the Sabbath is. It says, keep the Sabbath day, treat it as holy, exactly as the Lord commanded you. Six days you may work, blah, 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 blah. It goes through, and it's, it's the same thing. And then verse 15, remember, this is the why now, remember that you were a slave in Egypt, but the Lord Your God brought you out of there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. That's why the Lord your God commands you to keep the Sabbath day. So in Deuteronomy, Moses is restating the Ten Commandments to like the generation, to a new generation of Israelites. They're the kids and the grandkids of those who were slaving away, raising statues up, creating aqueducts in the desert. Docks. Did I say aqueducts? I think I did. (laughs) Creating aqueducts in the desert. They're like the people who are building the pyramids and never seeing a nickel for it. These are the kids and the grandkids of those people. They're not the people who are actually doing it. They're the... And he's, the first time around, it's like no one needs reminding that you were slaves. It's like they are still bearing the blisters of it, right? 
The second time around, quite a lot of time has passed. So the first time around, God says, live the Sabbath, live the song of creation. The first time around, it's about how the world is. But the second time around in Deuteronomy, it, it's not about how the world is. It's about who you are. One, the first time it's how is the world, and the second time is who are you. Remember that you were slaves. That's who you were. I have set you free. So don't live like slaves. Don't endlessly work. Don't endlessly busy yourselves. Don't become what you are not. Don't drift back into slavery. If we were to put these two things together, Exodus, the reasoning behind Exodus, the music of creation and, and what the world is like, and then if we were to put it together with the because of Deuteronomy that's rooted in who are you, and I want you to live a certain way, we could say it this way. We could say Sabbath is how we learn to dance the dance of freedom. That's what it's about. We learn the dance of freedom. It's what we could say. Sabbath reminds us that life is meant to be it, what it's meant to be. It's meant to be a, a God-given song. That's what life's... Uh, and Sabbath reminds us what life is not meant to be. It's not meant to be any kind of slavery. Life is about freedom. Life's, <laughs> we lose sight of that, don't we? Like in our day-to-day, 40-hour-a-week, 40-plus, uh, we lose sight of it. Life's about joy. Life's about freedom. That's what happens when you put the becauses of Exodus and Deuteronomy. That's what they add up to. They add up to, will you learn the dance of freedom? And there's no middle ground, it would seem, God is saying between these two presentations of the commandments. Life will either be, will either be drifting, it will either be, God will either pull you into God-given song or you will drift into self-imposed slavery. It's either God-given song that we learn to dance or (laughs) it's self-imposed slavery. We all experience this. We are too busy to recognize it most of the time. That's the problem. Um, We continually go. We resist stopping. We add more meetings and more commitments. We fill all of the margin of our lives up until there is no blank space on the page. There's no blank space on the calendar. And we feel, we have the gall to feel guilty if we take an hour where there's no laundry being done. We feel guilty if we take two hours where there's nothing being produced. We can't even fathom, imagine a day where we don't, a full day, a 24-hour period where we don't do or achieve or produce anything. 
We feel guilty about one hour. And God's like, here, would you have a day and take it regularly? We can't imagine that, much less a vacation. What's a vacation? I'm not going to take a vacation. There's a lie, a slavery that we all live in at the heart of all of our madness, all our busy madness. And the lie is this, I am who I am because of what I do. We all live this, don't we? I am who I am because of what I do. Look at my calendar. Look at my schedule. Look how much I'm giving to my family. Look how busy I am. Look at how much we are doing with the kids. We must be okay. We must be okay, right? The idea of slowing down, of like scaling back something, taking a vacation, it doesn't appeal to many of us because we've defined our lives by what we're doing, by what we're producing, by what we're giving. And after just like a few minutes of rest, have you guys tried this? You guys have experienced, after just a few minutes of rest, like you, you set the smartphone aside and you sit on the couch or you go for a walk or something you, of, of just breathing and like thinking of not doing anything. After just a couple of minutes, you start feeling really uncomfortable, don't you? <laughs> like, am I the only one? Like, the minute you start, like a little sliver of Sabbath starts coming in, you start feeling a little uncomfortable. Like, I'm not joking, crawl out of your skin, uncomfortable. You're like, because we've bought into the lie. We've begun to believe somewhere that if I am not doing, then I am not. If I'm not doing, then I'm not. I don't, I don't have anything, I'm nothing if I'm not producing. And in us, all of us, those brave, honest us that would be honest about how uncomfortable we are with Sabbath, in us who begin feeling dread at the, the moments we start stopping, our lives are the place where Sabbath can be revolutionary. Our lives are the place where Sabbath can be absolutely revolutionary because Sabbath comes in and disrupts our slavery with freedom is what it does. Sabbath comes in and disrupt. It is a disruption, but it's a disruption of slavery. Of, of, and it's disrupting our slavery with freedom. Sabbath comes in as this great disruption and disrupts the great lie that we have come to define our lives by. We are who we are because of what we do. And Sabbath says no. Sabbath says, no, 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 you are free from all of the slaveries that have chained your soul. Your work is good. What you're giving to your family is so important. What you are producing on behalf of the community, on behalf of your family, on behalf of those you love, on behalf of, of the world, it's so good. But you are more. You are more. You are more than what you do. For all of us who are really uncomfortable with Sabbath, we could say it this way. Sabbath is how we detox from the slavery of false definitions. Slavery is how we detox. We feel really uncomfortable because it's a detox. We detox from the slavery of 
false definitions is what it is. For some of us, um, we might practice Sabbath. Try it this week. Try, like, actually stopping. It's the commandment you, you start obeying by not doing anything. So it's not very hard. <laughs> like, just try ceasing, desisting, resting. You might try a little experiment with Sabbath. Try just sitting down without something to do, something to distract. Try taking a walk without a smartphone. You will be okay. Your family will find you. It's okay. Try carving out a day, perhaps, a couple of hours, perhaps, without your regular responsibilities. Some of us have little children or aged parents or really tricky situa life situations where it's difficult to do this. I know, of course, yes, yes, yes. Sabbath is an experiment in beauty and freedom and grace. There is no guilt here. Sabbath is a gift. There's, it's about freedom. No shame in Sabbath. Sabbath is made for us, not us for the Sabbath. But just try in whatever way we can. Let's try stopping, desisting, ceasing, breathing, finding Whatever the strategic silences are in your life that you need that can help your noise become reordered into music. And then watch what happens the minute that you start doing this. Because the minute we start doing this, all kinds of stuff like st starts come bubbling to the surface. Anxiety and fears and disorientation and anger even can start coming up or deep sadness that you're not sure. You're going to be tempted to blame the Sabbath. Don't. Don't. Getting uncomfortable is how you know that the Sabbath is actually working. That's the spirit at work in you. That is just the slavery getting out of your system is what that is. It's bubbling out. It's getting out. Keep leaning into it. Keep practicing. Keep experimenting. Eventually, the longer that we practice Sabbath, and the longer we lean into the uncomfortability of it and we start wading through all of what it brings up in us, we'll begin to discover that life is more than what we've made it. You are more than what you do. Eventually, eventually, you start to hear the spirit of the Father in all of this, I think, is what the Sabbath is eventually going to work into us. You're not doing anything. You're not achieving or producing. And you're going to hear the Spirit somewhere. I pray, may we hear it. Your, God, the, your voice. You're going to hear the Spirit of the Father say, you are my child whom I love in you, I am well pleased. That's the gospel. That is the gospel, isn't it? That's the gospel that we are all continuously invited to believe. That what is true about Jesus, that what is spoken over Jesus is now true about 
us. Jesus is the Son loved by Father and Spirit. The Father is well pleased, is proud, bursting to the seams, proud of Jesus before Jesus does any of his life's work. There is no work on the table before Jesus does any ministry, before any stories are written about Jesus, before the cross is carried, before sins are absorbed, before death is defeated in resurrection, before any of that, Jesus is loved. Jesus is loved without his work. Jesus is loved. He is a child, a source of pride to his father. And the gospel says that what is true about Jesus by the nature of who Jesus is, what's true about Jesus is true about you by grace by grace it's true about you before you do a thing sabbath gets us into the really uncomfortable vulnerable place after we detox from slavery and false definitions where we it gets us to the uncomfortable place where we can hear the truth you are loved. You are adopted. You are forgiven. You are free, not because of anything you do. You are loved. Eventually, the, God, the Sabbath gives us gospel gives us gospel, not just as an idea that we think about, but actually like as a lived experience, as the song we sing, as an endless freedom that we begin to dance in every single day, days one through six. So may you, my friends, my brothers and sisters, may you hear the gospel. And may you believe it. May you hear the love of the Father through the presence of the Son by the whisper of the Spirit. May we, all of us, begin experimenting with the Sabbath and discover heaven's song written into all of creation. May our lives abandon the madness of slavery and learn the music of Sabbath. Pray with me. Lord God, you are good. <laughs> you are good. Creation reflects how good you are. It's good, it's good, it's good because you are good. You're good, you're good. And we need the grace to believe that. We need the grace to believe that. And so um, we come into this place, my brothers and sisters. We come in burdened, a lot of us, and heavy, and tired, and not knowing what to do with this thing or that thing. And 
we don't do a thing right now in this moment. We can't. We just sit before you. We ask that you would give us the faith to believe that you are present to us and with us in all of these things. We ask for the grace to uncurl our fists, unloosen our grip on these things, and to let you take them. Teach us what it means to cease, to desist, to rest in you.